The real estate business is incredible. You can't always predict who will be successful and who won't. What does it really take to be a success in the real estate trade? That's what we'll discuss on today's podcast. Welcome to the Minnesota Real Estate Education Podcast with Mike Brennan. Mike is the owner of the Minnesota Realty School and can be found online at mnrealtyschool.com. Now here's Mike Brennan. Today we'll be speaking about what makes a real estate agent successful. Sitting with me today is the producer of Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Mike. So today we're going to be speaking about all the things necessary to make a real estate agent successful. And as we stated earlier, it's very unpredictable as to who will be a success and who will not. So as we move forward, I want to share a couple of real quick things about my perspective when looking at a real estate group. Many times I'll be looking out at a group of course one, two, and three students, and I'll predict this person may be successful, this person may not. And then surprise, surprise, it turns out that my predictions are incorrect. So a lot of times when I'm looking at this, the question is begged, what makes a real estate agent successful? So let me guess. It's the person with the most bus benches or the most billboards, right? <laughs> it's, it's an interesting comment. Um, when dealing with it, it's not always the advertising or the marketing necessarily that would make the person the most successful. The slickest website with the highest search engine optimization, the most bus benches, billboards, or matchbook covers that you're on, it doesn't matter – what really, really is going to matter is the interpersonal relationship between the real estate agent and their client. A striking thing that we see in the industry is that you might market like crazy, but if your product is not quality, you won't actually sell your product. So while I might go out and have a really cool product that I don't market, in that situation, I won't make money. If I have good marketing with a poor product, I won't make money. So the combo does rely a little bit on the marketing of the person, but just as importantly, if not more, is going to be the personality traits of the individual real estate agent. Sometimes it's a factor of what you net as a real estate agent because, you know, all of that marketing costs an incredible fortune. You might very well be making several hundred thousand dollars, even a million dollars more than the realtor next to you. But you're spending a million dollars on advertising to get there, so you know yep. your, your net is not that much better. And, and interesting, because I've seen real estate agents who say and claim, I make X amount of dollars a year. Let's use a pretend number of $200,000. But they're spending $150,000 between their realtor dues, which are minimum, but their advertising and their can koozies and all of the things that they're purchasing to produce their name. So in effect, their net income is $50,000. So dollar for dollar, what does a marketing plan gain me? One of the things we would want to look at if we are in a business uh, examination is when I'm going out there and I'm making, say, $200,000 as our earlier illustration, if I'm spending $10,000 in marketing and making that much, it's surely a lot better than spending $150,000 in marketing. Mm -hmm. So the personality is a very integral component of the actual success ratio. In looking at the marketing, yes, the agent does need to spend money. Bottom line is, is that you will be spending money, as any small business owner would be doing, when they're opening up their new sandwich shop. So as they open up their new sandwich shop, they have to advertise. They have to have running capital. They have to have some money to meet payroll for the first six months because they're not going to be making money until maybe six months to a year into opening the business. 
a lot of hard work. That sandwich shop owner is going there between 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, cutting onions, doing all that work, and probably doing it for a very meager, meager existence. But their seeds the planting will actually come back and grow into a bountiful fruit if they continue doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, I remember a couple uh, podcasts back we talked about the requirements to become a real estate agent. And Mm -hmm. as I remember, you have to be 18, Mm -hmm. you have to take the real estate classes, you have to pass the test, but there was no educational requirement as far as you have to have this much high school, you have to have this much college, you have to... So there's no educational standard, right? Well, the only educational standard that the state requires is that you attend the three courses, aptly called courses one, two, and three. Love the marketing names on that. (laughs) So when we're going through and looking at the um, academics of it, high school, don't even need a GED, no high school diploma, no college is required. In my humble opinion, this is the American dream. Because a person who may not have had the attention or dedication to complete high school, but is a very, very, um, I would say, honest and and, uh, high-integrity person, that person can make a nice living in real estate. So the educational requirements in academia are none. And all you have to do is go through courses one, two, and three. Now, in course one, for example, there's a lot of theoretical stuff. Oh, we talk fee simple to feasible estates with general warranty deeds. And that's language we never use in the real world. In courses two and three, we cover a lot of the real-world scenarios in dealing with people. How do you overcome objections? How do you gain confidence with a person when you've never met them before but at an open house? And then sometimes you're going to see a person who may have a high-level education uh, in Ph.D., MBAs, whatever. If they don't have that skill set to be able to talk with people, they will find themselves on the short end of the stick. In some ways, this is almost... uh more intimidating though because it's less intimidating when you say hey you need to do this and this and this you know to become a doctor you need to go to this medical school you need to study this subject and you need to do this internship and when you come out you will be a doctor you will know what you're Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. the fact that real estate is so beautiful in the fact that it is open to everyone Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't require any sort of Uh, you know, formal education before you get to the licensing phase. That's beautiful because it's open to everyone. Yes. But it's kind of intimidating, like, well, how do I know then Mm -hmm. beforehand whether I can even do this business? What if so if I'm sitting in a room Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, I think I might go into real estate. Mm -hmm. I think I might be a real estate agent. What should I be asking myself and what should I be prepared to do? And how can I give myself a litmus test as to whether I'm going to do this successfully or not? Ooh, great question. And I, I, I recall just speaking with a friend of mine. She's been in the business now about a year and a half. She's from India. English is not her first language. Tibetan is. And I really enjoy her quite a bit. And she always calls me up, my, calls me her real estate guru because she calls <laughs> me up with questions. And she's such a lovely person. Now, mind you, she has done some things in this country where she's gotten her master's degree. Huh? She, she's worked hard at, at different things. But then she made the decision to get into real estate. And what really struck me was in that first year to sell 45 properties in her first year in real estate, wow. which is a very nice income. And to think about what she did, it really does ask the question, what is the acid test? What is the litmus test to say, 
what is going to be the, the, the ingredient that's going to make it a successful person or not. And I think as I reflect back on people like that, is that the perseverance, you get knocked down. It will happen. When I'm knocking on some doors for an expired listing to try to convert them into an active listing with me, I'm going to have doors slammed in my face. I'm going to have people say, get out of here. And that's a harsh thing to be hit with when you're dealing with rejection. So how does one get back up on the horse after being knocked off? The big difference between the winners and the losers in the world is that everybody gets knocked down. The losers will stay down while the winner gets up one more time. So perseverance is a very important ingredient. I think another very important ingredient is I'm considering if I have the capacity to be in real estate or not, besides having the tenacity, the perseverance to continue going back, 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 even though I'm coming out with no water from that well, and I keep going to that well and dropping that bucket and using all my arm muscles to pull up, and there's no water. Go back again. That's a very important one, but I think to combine that with integrity. A person with integrity knows to do things the right way once, and not just when people are watching, but also when they're doing it when no one's watching. So doing things with integrity, very important. Honesty. One of the very important things is that in the world of real estate, your reputation precedes you. Your reputation will determine whether or not the consumer will even consider you to be their real estate agent. And if there's tarnish on the silverware, if there's any kind of blemish on the skin, that hurts your reputation. The consumer will give you a little bit of a second look. So I think honesty is probably one of the bigger driving factors when considering. So honesty, integrity, perseverance, those are probably the most important components and then moving into the, as I'm considering the, the personality traits, how do I create bridges with people so that I can connect with other human beings so that I create that level of trust? What we call in the trade a fancy word we love to use in course one, fiduciary. How do I create that trust with a human being while I'm sitting at my open house in two and a half, three minutes? I'm coming through my open house. So salesmanship, the professionalism, the presentation, and then how do you make the benefit statement to the consumer, you should hire me because this is what I will do for you and the benefit is. So in terms of the intrinsic honesty, integrity, perseverance, in terms of the performance, professionalism, and the ability to connect with people on a personal level, those are very, very important ingredients. And please note, you don't have to have a high school diploma to learn those skills. A lot of those will come to some people naturally, but these are skills that are also somewhat learned. Your honesty, your integrity, your perseverance, that's innate. You might learn them, but your presentation, your professionalism, learning how to connect with people with questions and listening, those are skills anybody can learn. What we see as glamorous on HGTV and all these gorgeous homes mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times you're showing 20 foreclosed properties a day where you're hoping that there's not mice and, you know, uh, <laughs> hoping for heat to be on in the winter. And, yep. uh, you know, you're not necessarily showing the glamorous properties all the time. Well, and, you know, going out and showing those properties, because you do see some beautiful listings. And, and on television, they make their money with uh, certain types of presentations they have to do. 
And I can appreciate that. But sometimes they paint an unrealistic picture. And, and I always have to laugh when my wife and I were doing a remodel on our home uh, bathroom. And, and I remember seeing on, a, on HGTV or Holmes TV or whatever it's called. And, and this married couple was putting in a what's called tub surround. You know, it's this thing that goes around the exterior walls mm-hmm. of your of your showering bathtub area. And they were just loving it. And, okay, dear, you're doing a great job as you... And, and they were complimenting each other. Oh, and it fit in there just perfectly. The caulking bead went in wonderfully. And then my wife and I were doing it in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> it went nothing like what it did right. in TV. So, unfortunately, there might be an unrealistic expectation on what TV presents to us and... Hopefully that won't taint one's perspective when coming into the industry where they don't enjoy Burger King or steaks anymore as they get into the trade. I would imagine so. <laughs> so I, I think some of the important things that we've talked about here are very, very ethereal. They're, they're very um, non-tangible items. For example, passing an exam, knowing the difference between contract for deeds and mortgages. Lovely. Nice to know. But now when you're dealing with a successful real estate person, here might be something that's an ingredient that will help that person be successful. A consumer comes to us and says, I'd like to maybe do some financing contract for deed. I, I don't know what that is. So I think to myself, what do I do? I don't have that. Do I panic and run away? Or do I tap my resource pool? I go out to my team, my broker, the people in my life, and I find the resource and say to the consumer, I don't have that information at the tip of my fingers. Let me learn about it, and let me get back to you. If you're that type of person that can lean on people, that can basically find others to assist you, and there's a lot of people in our firms when you go join these real estate brokerages that will help you. One of the striking things I found and was rather intimidated by when I first got into the trade was I thought I was going to be swimming in a tank full of sharks, (laughs) and the complete opposite was true. I was gobstruck by how many of my fellow real estate agents at the office were willing to lend a hand. I was sitting in my office once as a new agent, sitting in the bullpen. And a bullpen is like an open area with 25 desks and sitting there wondering, what does it take? And walks by uh, the top producing agent in Minnesota multiple years in a row, selling these multi-million dollar houses. And as he's walking by, I said, hey, can I ask you a couple of questions about the trade? He sat down with me for half an hour and gave me all the wonderful tips that he had experienced, what went well, what went poorly. And here I am thinking to myself, this is a human being who's making $1 million, $1.5 million a year, catering to a high-end business client, and they're taking time to talk to a rookie in the bullpen? So... There are people that will assist you. It's a wonderful kinship that we have in the trades that will help each other. And there's a lot of people who would be out there to assist that person. Well, Mike, thank you so much. I learned a lot about what it takes to be uh, successful in real estate. Well, thank you for your questions, Marshall. And I look forward to another podcast with you real soon. This has been the Minnesota Real Estate Education Podcast with Mike Brennan. Mike is the owner of the Minnesota Realty School, and the classes and educational resources mentioned in this podcast can be found online at mnrealtyschool.com. This podcast has been produced by Minnesota Podcasting, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views expressed on the show are those of Mike Brennan and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Minnesota Realty School or Minnesota Podcasting.